0: Every time I sing that song, just a, a peace, all our hope is in you. All our glory is to you, God. That's, that's where it's at. It's just comforting. Very comforting. And this morning, I'm very excited about the our time together as we look at joy and our third Sunday in Advent. And I just want to start with the questions like how's how's the Christmas shopping going? <laughs> I will say that uh, for the first time this year, my wife and I may be gone before Christmas Day, which is pretty impressive, and uh, no, no, we're not done yet. Um, never mind, I will retract from that thought. I was chilling and resting, but uh, I guess I need to help out a little bit. <laughs> but it's just, a, I know there's a lot of good and wonderful things that come in this family time together. Well, I think many of us wish the Christmas season and the spirit of Christmas could go all year round. We know that life goes. You know, the spirit of Christmas comes and goes. It's exciting. I want to reflect back a couple weeks ago. I mentioned that and reminded you that whatever's taking place in your home and what appears all right may not be all right in the home next to you. Even in this room right now, the person that you're sitting next to, when you're experiencing the presence of Christ, there are people next to you who experience the presence of loneliness. And it's important this Christmas season that as a church, we collectively come together and minister to one another, but also to people around us. And joy is something that is, I would say, um, divine inaccurately. And this morning I want to bring to you what that really looks like, this biblical joy. As someone may be experiencing loss or a marriage of a child or a loved one, we need to focus on what's here and now, what Christ is doing. Both in our joys and the good, in our bad and in our afflictions, we have peace of mind, we learned last week, with our contentment in Christ alone. And this peace that we experience is brought to us by the hope that we just sang. A Messiah who has come. Jesus Christ is our peace. This week I had the opportunity to listen to a brother share his granddad's eulogy. And I want to specifically quote something that reached deep deep within me and really ministered to me he stated that the life that brings joy also brings pain and suffering. Today we suffer through the loss of someone we love dearly and it does not go unnoticed. God, my God, sees the arrows through our hearts and pleads for us to draw near to Him. Every ounce of peace can only be attained through an understanding that God is in control. Jesus is our peace. Jesus' presence brings peace to our lives. And Jesus Christ made peace possible. That's what we talked about last week. So our contentment, as we move forward into joy this week, our contentment found in Christ harbors this peace in a very messy culture. But people are attracted to this peace in your life. Therefore, remember we learned that it must transfer from our lives to the people around us. God sent His Son as we will look at today to minister the peace to our lives. Now Jesus Christ ministers through us to bring peace to those around us. Just like peace, joy this morning is a result of the Holy Spirit in us. Our abiding in Christ harvests this joy. It is important for us to tune in and understand that this hope, this peace, and this joy that I speak of does not come from our fabricated approach in which we attempt to create, but it only comes from the Spirit of God. Questions I bring before you this morning come in two forms. One, do I, do you, do Casey, I ask myself this question. Do I understand the joy That God desires for His children. And the second, am I experiencing this joy? Think about those two questions. Do I understand this joy that God desires for His children? And am I receiving this joy and experiencing it? In our time together this morning, we will make a survey over some scriptures and reflect upon what is true, righteous joy during this Advent season. But before we do that, let's start with what is this righteous joy? Or what is this biblical joy? Just to clearly define what joy looks like, the word joy comes from the Greek root word chara, C-H-A-R-A, for those taking notes, chara. And this simply means to be exceedingly glad or rejoice, to find delight. But true biblical righteous joy comes with appreciation. It brings thanksgiving, as we learned last week. And it's gladness. It brings gladness in all specific situations. But also brings gladness over a specific gift. We've all been there that Christmas morning. And we all wake up early to watch the faces of our children. Some of us haven't experienced that yet. But there is a sense of joy to see someone receive a gift that they didn't earn, didn't know about, but it was given to them and they did to Joy is an appreciation over a specific situation or a specific our joy comes from our expectation, our hope. Not only what's in this life and how we can live, but what is in the life of God. As we sing that song, all our hope is in you. All our hope is in you. That's what we have this morning. James 1, chapter 1, verse 2 says, Consider it all joy, my brothers, when you encounter various trials. I don't want to dive too deep into James, because we have the privilege in January to launch off as Jason and Joe walk through the book of James. But I do want to just highlight something with a question. How can we ever consider going through difficulties and trials and consider them to be joy? Sure? You keep reading in that chapter in verses three and four. It gives us a clue and it says, knowing that testing our faith produces endurance and let endurance, let endurance have its perfect result that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. God desires through our sufferings to make our joy complete. Consider John chapter 11. If you take a note, you can go back and look at it. The death of Lazarus, specifically in verse four. Jesus heard about Lazarus, a dear brother, and he said, this illness, this illness does not lead to death. This is great. Jesus said, it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Jesus knows that the situation dealing with Lazarus would lead to His Father being glorified. So, therefore, it is important for us to listen and learn and lean in and realize that Lazarus' death was not meaningless. You've heard me say that before. And I came across a quote by Elizabeth Elliot. Elizabeth Elliot says, "Ministry, ministry is best." done in the shadow of suffering, not in its absence. The same is true of personal maturity. Many deaths must go into reaching our maturity in Christ. Many letting goes will happen. This is Elizabeth Elliot. She was the wife of Jim Elliot, martyr, on mission to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Later in her life, Mary to another husband who died of cancer four years later and now she fights also this is from a recent interview this is a woman who has displayed joy in the ministry of the spirit in our suffering consider it all considering all circumstances to be joy it's important for us to learn where this joy comes from and where this joy will be attending us in eternity. It's very important. So we're going to do that. Like I said this morning, we're going to have a survey of scripture. So if you have your digital sword ready. If you have the word of God ready. I'll be moving a bit swiftly, but we'll read through the text together. But we want to start in Luke chapter two. Luke chapter two, verse eight through eleven. Remember those questions as we move through the Scriptures. Do we have a true understanding of the joy God desires for His children and am I experiencing this joy? So the first thing we look at is I want to bring to the table Luke chapter 2, 8 through 11 as we read it together. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. This is more than a song. This is the Word of God. We sing about this and we sing the Scripture. And then the angel in verse 9 of Luke chapter 2, he says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of God shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. This holy fear of God. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto, you is a born, I mean, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. You hear the promise there? I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. The messenger of the Lord bringing this great news of joy that today in the city of David a Savior was born. You and I. So, the first point I want to bring is that righteous joy came through a physical gift from God. This is a gift given to us as a child. This is joy. The prophet Isaiah, we've looked at chapter 9, verse 6, quite a bit, but I want to read real quickly through the first and second and the second and third verse of chapter 9 in Isaiah. It says, The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them a light has shone. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy, and they rejoice before you as with the joy at the harvest, and they are glad when they divide the spoils. You have multiplied the nations, you have multiplied your church, you have increased its joy of the church, and as the church comes together in its great harvest and looks at all the spoils of what God has done, it brings us great joy. Look at your lives this morning. Look at them. New babies are coming. New marriages are coming. Relationships are being formed. The Christ is King. And we have the opportunity to enjoy this and experience joy because of what God has done. Isaiah 9, six later on says, For unto us a child is born, a son. A son is given. John 3.16, we all know it too well. For God so loved the world that He did give His only begotten Son, that whoever believeth in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And then verse 17 continues to read, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn it, to condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. God sent His physical gift. God sent His Son He said, world, whom I created, here is my son. Take him, raise him, walk with him, follow him. And then I'm going to allow you to mock him, to challenge him, to spit on him and to crucify him. And then I'm going to step in and I am going to raise him from the dead so that all of my adopted sons and daughters may experience glory and joy that He desires for His church. It's good news. Righteous joy came through a physical gift from God as a lowly babe born of a virgin, virgin Mary to make things right before God. Let that sink in as you begin to really ask that question again. Do I understand this joy that God wants for me? second thought here is righteous joy is a spiritual gift from God. Righteous joy is a spiritual gift. Turn to Romans chapter 8 through 13. Romans chapter 8. As I I said, we're going to take a survey across the Scriptures and look. at Romans chapter 8, 15, sorry, chapter 15, 8 through 13. Romans chapter 15. Get it right. My bad. Romans chapter 15, 8 through 13. I'll blame it on the lighting. Let's read that together in uh, that chapter 15, 8 through 13. For I tell you that Christ, Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness. Christ here becoming a servant. We see clearly. Look at that nature there. Look at that characteristic. Came a servant to the circumcised. Who are the circumcised? The Jews. He came to both Jews and the Gentiles to show God's truthfulness, to fulfill the prophets, to fulfill the Father's will in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. Abraham, those who'd gone before knew the will of God. And in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for His mercy. Look at that in verse 9. That us, the Gentiles, His church, would glorify God for His mercy to give us a Son, to give us a Messiah, to give us a hope a peace and a joy that we can be saved. He is merciful, God. And as it is written, continue in verse 9, as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing your name. And again, it's, again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with His people. And again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol Him. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, and He will arise to the rule of the Gentiles, and in Him the Gentiles will hope. Verse 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. A second thought is that righteous joy is a spiritual gift from God. came from the root of Jesse. Down the lineage of Abraham. Born Jesus Christ, son of Joseph. Look at the responsibility in verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. The responsibility revealed here is God's, not ours. Our joy, our peace, our hope comes from God, made right through Jesus Christ and available to us by the Holy Spirit. Galatians, we read it last week, 522. We see the fruits of the Spirit's love, peace, kindness, self-control, and we add joy into the equation this morning. So righteous joy is a spiritual gift from God. And the last thought is Jesus makes righteous joy possible. He made it possible. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter twelve. Pastor Joe has brought us through this last series of faith, and we always got back to this passage and read through it, and I want to bring it, to, bring it today. And if we look at Hebrews chapter 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And sin which clings to us so closely, let us run with endurance the race That is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. Responsibility there, God's, Jesus, He is the founder and perfecter of our faith. Who for the joy, as he finishes in verse 2, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand throne of God. like the angel proclaimed in Luke chapter 8, verse 10. But there is great news. Joy is here. A son is born. Like the prophet Isaiah in chapter 9, verse 3, proclaiming there will be a Savior and a Messiah, a Christ child. Jesus knew in Hebrews chapter 12. He knew that the joy would come. as He's fixed His eyes, for the joy that was set before Him, He endured the cross. He knew to bring joy to this world, He was going to have to go through that torture device, that cross, that hangs behind me. It's a beautiful symbol of what has been empty. But what our Christ had to go through for you and I today to experience joy. Do we truly understand this joy that God has for us as He endured it upon the cross? His church has unconditional joy because Jesus entered this world wrapped in swaddling clothing, lied in a manger, waiting on His cross. Let it sink in. What does this joy look like? What is this gladness, this delight in Christ in times of affliction and trial of various kinds? What does this look like? We can look to Christ and know what it looks like. It's when we look to Jesus in our lives and know that there is nothing, nothing that I or you and I have done to deserve a love like His. That is joy. That is good. And like a son, I know some of you haven't experienced this, but when my son approaches me, like a son here on earth, there is nothing, there is no greater joy than hearing those words, Daddy, and there is no greater joy in knowing that my son has done nothing to earn the love of his Father. He's done nothing. He doesn't even understand love completely he didn't have to prove anything to me then i take that parallel on that picture and likewise is our relationship to the heavenly father god considers it all joy call you sons and daughters and there's nothing you have to do to earn it it's grace jesus makes righteous joy possible this Advent season, we're going to close in Matthew chapter two seven through eleven. The turn will be Matthew chapter two seven through eleven. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly, and a certain pain, a certain from them, the time the star had appeared. Excuse me, and he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, "Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me." word, that I too may come and worship Him. We see a scheme taking place here. We know that He was out to kill Jesus. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them and it came to rest over the place where the child was born. Listen to that. The star. It came to rest over the place where the child was born. This is our God. He controlled it. We say these things, like he controls the universe in his hands and sings songs, and, and it's exciting. But listen. star, rest over the place. That the Christ child was born. Only God, Creator, controls this. You just keep reading. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child of Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshiped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, They departed to their own country by another way. So here we are again, coming before Christ's child, the king. But I want to go to the last part of that. Why gold? Why Frankenstein? And why myrrh? Gold of that day emphasized royalty. You think of gold, you automatically thought king. He thought queen and he thought prince. So therefore, as they brought this gift before our king, Christ child, it emphasized Jesus and his royalty. Remember that this season. Think about King Solomon's wealth mentioned in 1 Kings chapter 10. Ten times gold was mentioned out of seven verses. So gold is clearly the acknowledgement that Jesus Christ and His kingship, our king, Frankenstein, I believe it emphasized Jesus' deity. That He was God. In the Old Testament, it was used for royal processions and it was also used for various offerings to God. As they brought this gift they brought this gift and worshiped him. They related to him as God. They saw visions and they heard the truth. So why frankincense? Because Jesus is God. The third gift that was brought this mention is myrrh. Myrrh is a simple perfume. When frankincense was often used for the kings. And was often used for the gods as a gift. Myrrh was used for the anointing of men. So this displays as a symbolic symbolic representation that Jesus was human. He was human. Mark 15, 23 teaches us that when Jesus was hoisted on the cross, what did they offer Him? They offered Him wine mixed with myrrh. They offered Him wine mixed with myrrh. The picture that is painted here is that Jesus was presented with myrrh as king and a traitor. We know that. But then also, he was offered myrrh as king on the cross. Myrrh supports Jesus' humanity. Do we understand Christmas? Do we understand this story that we tell our children and that we tell our friends? Do I understand the joy that God desires for His children? The deep, abiding joy that perseveres me through life, that brings me through life with God's help? It matures me? Do we understand this? When happiness tends to be fleeting and depends on our conditions, the joy of Jesus Christ remains, and thank God it sustains us. Do we have to have that clear understanding? Righteous joy was made possible by Jesus Christ and we experience it as a spiritual gift of God. And joy is contentment that comes from eternal factors like our faith in God. And this joy is everlasting and is not depending on any circumstance. We learn this. when We experience Christ. When James teaches us in chapter 1, we approach various trials and count it all joy. We can look to Jesus. In Hebrews chapter 2, and he says that Jesus looked to the joy set before him. When you find yourself in a specific situation, and you know that hardship is on its way, we can mock and mirror, excuse me, we can mirror Jesus Christ and like he set his eyes on the task and the joy that he knew would come, he had to go through suffering and affliction to get there. Many of us are there. Many of us, we are not immune to this life and what it be? Joy is the delight of heart that comes from knowing God, abiding in Christ and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The second question I ask you to think about is evaluate examine right now. Are you experiencing this righteous joy in in all of your circumstances in this Advent season? As we look at the accounts in the Gospel of Matthew, and we look at Hebrews chapter 12, and then we look at these two questions, we must understand that the night's and Bethlehem are a key part of the Gospel. Like all of those who gathered, hear me now, like all those who gathered around the King in this cradle, you and I, right now, same together, gathered before the King with the crown. He has endured the cross. He sits at the right hand of His Father. His name is Jesus. He was the physical gift given to you and I. We have the Holy Spirit brings the spiritual gift of joy into our lives. We must understand this Advent season that Jesus Christ made joy.